Life Audio. Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity, and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast, to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I'm excited to have Dr. Mike Van Thielen with us. Mike is a best-selling author on optimizing productivity and focus, a sought-after speaker, and an entrepreneur who has owned several anti-aging clinics in Central and Northeast Florida. He was the CEO of an innovative stem cell clinic treating top athletes, including NFL players and heavyweight boxing champions. He's also a treating physician for Boston Neuropain and Psych Centers, helping tens of thousands of patients with chronic pain and mental health conditions. Welcome, Mike. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Lauren. Yeah, absolutely. So first, you speak a lot about the topic of becoming limitless. So can you define that for us? Tell us what that means, what it looks like. Yeah, um, I call it unleashing your superpower, be the best you can be, etc. And especially during the pandemic, a lot of people struggled and I really found that you know, a lot of people don't have a purpose in life. So that would be the first foundation is really identify that uh, purpose and see what people are passionate about and helping them, you know, getting on that road. Um, But limitless, yes, I think today, uh, not just the elite, but the average person, if they implement the current biohacking tips and strategies that are available I believe, um, actually, I'm certain that we all could easily be 100 years uh, old of age, uh, but being able to do what a 40, 50-year-old does. So it's about lifespan. It's about quality of life. It's about 
objectively reversing that biological age and not caring too much about that chronological age. And that's what I mean with limitless. We have the, on, on a health aspect, we have increasing lifespan and having a quality of life uh, with regenerative medicine and biohacking. And on the other end, we have like, you know, we are the modern slaves, uh, whether we believe it or not, we don't have the shackles on, but we are working, 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 and uh, we get some conveniences thrown at us, and we're kind of happy in that comfort zone, but it's out of that comfort zone that we grow, that we discover, and that we can be extraordinary, and that we can unleash these superpowers, and so I help people with those both as aspects of their life, because the world, quite frankly, needs all of our superpowers right now. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like you're you're kind of separating into getting you to the place where you have plenty of time and plenty of energy, and then also figuring out what to do with the time that you have, right? Yes. A, a decent right. summary. And it's, it's about self development, right? Is really right. paying focus on your on upgrading your body, your mind, and your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to delve into the biohacking piece, but before I get to that. How do people go about finding their purpose? If that's, I mean, a lot of people struggle with that. What's, what are some of the early steps you can take? Well, I think um, um, the first thing we need to understand is that as soon as we're born, society pushes it in a certain direction, right? We have to go to school, we have to go to college, then we have to work for somebody till we're 65. And then there's the golden years which never come. Or uh-huh. our parents and teachers push us in a certain direction. If dad's a lawyer, they probably want to go to law school. If mom's a doctor, they probably want to go to med school. Sure. And so many times, you know, we do that and we can even be successful and paying our bills and having the things we want to uh, have and providing for our family. But it doesn't mean we're living our purpose or our passion, right? Mm-hmm. And so many times I do exercises with my mentees and ask them some questions and and sometimes it doesn't take long, whether it's an hour or a week, to really hone in on to, on to what they're passionate about and what their uh, what their purpose in life is. But on the other hand, that purpose may change also during your lifetime and your experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're an athlete, maybe your purpose is to win the gold in the Paris Olympic Games next summer. Mm-hmm. But maybe you're a senior athlete and after the Games, well, you know, your career is over. So what's next, Right. And so we get into different life phases. But in order to discover that purpose, many times, number one, there's an event that occurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a few patients, a cancer patients right now that I'm helping. But suddenly you're diagnosed with something terrible and you overcome it somehow. And now you feel you need to help other people or with your kids or your family. And so sometimes it's an event that reveals your purpose. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's something that, you know, just as you're growing and you're stepping out of comfort zone or surround yourself with other people that you find yourself, discover yourself. And, you know, and go to that next step. Now, I got to be careful because once you get out of the comfort zone into a new growth zone, eventually that new growth zone becomes what? Your next comfort zone. So you got to continue to, you know, to get out of that comfort zone. So, yes, I just do uh, ask questions, um, let them think about a few things, do a few exercises and identify uh, that purpose with them. For an individual. Yeah. And so one of the things that I would imagine is problematic for a lot of people in figuring that out is all the distractions. So it seems like it requires a great deal of of focus to come up with that. How do people who are bombarded with distractions all the time manage to put those aside and really focus and hone in on what matters? Well, they don't, right? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) They don't because they're distracted. So yes, number step, 
No, step number one is purpose, right? And get them excited. And then I get the first objection immediately. Oh, that's great, Dr. Mike. My last client was basically uh, an eye surgeon, very successful, uh, an, an immigrant from Cuba. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, his parents brought him here. He became a surgeon. He's he's one of the best in the country. But we figured out, uh, believe it or not, his purpose or his passion is music. <laughs> oh, wow. That's pretty now, different. <laughs> yes, but again, people think I'm asking them to drop their career and, and stop being responsible and providing for their families and paying their mortgage. No, that's not what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. What I'm asking is or what the next step will be is let's free up one hour per day so we can work on that purpose, on that passion. And if we can free that up, which, by the way, is not a problem. A lot of people, they think they don't have that time, but it's very easy to free up a lot of valuable time during the day. And once we free that up, it's amazing that if you focus one hour a day, how how incremental and how significant steps you take towards those goals. And maybe at some point he wants to transition in it, or maybe when he retires or has enough money in savings or the kids are out of the house, it's something that he can then further pursue. But at least it's in his life, right? And so when people realize that that's step number one, step number two for most people, you talked about being overwhelmed. And that's the majority of us, right? Being overwhelmed. And that's because we're not in control of our life. So we really need to regain control of our life. We need to be in control of our agenda, of our calendar. We need to know what's coming tomorrow, next week, next month, and next year. Because as she said, most people are going with the motions, uh, overwhelmed with the work they have to do for their boss or for themselves, then bringing the kids to soccer, you know, attending to the significant other, and we never seem to be catching up. And then there's the financial strain in many you know, families where we don't know what tomorrow, next week, next month, next month brings. And when you put yourself in that situation, of course, there's going to be worries. There's going to be fears. There's going to be uncertainties. And those translate in those mental conditions, anxiety, depression, etc. And yes, there's therapies and drugs out there, but we don't need those if we start thinking what is our purpose and really getting organized. What are our dreams and our goals? Mm-hmm. Break those down because if I want to be an Olympic champion or if I want to be a millionaire in seven years from now, you know, that's an overwhelming goal. So we need to break those down year per year, month per month. And then what do I do tomorrow? A mm-hmm. small incremental step that brings me closer yet give me fulfillment. And I really get to get control over my agenda, my calendar, my life because control creates clarity. Clarity reduces all stress. Okay. So Like you said, if you want to uh, live your dream, your purpose, and those types of things, we need to first regain control of our own life, control over that social media, control over what's going on, and really plan and script our life almost. Mm -hmm. And then we have time for purpose for our family and for the more important things in life while still being very effective in what we need to do Mm business-wise. Because as you have heard, uh, 80% of your uh, production is done in 20% of the time, right? right so we need to play with that and need to make sure that we free up valuable time that way. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, and then let's kind of switch to the other side of the equation and the biohacking. First, define that term for us, for somebody that might not be familiar with the concept. Yeah, it's a very amorphous term, obviously, many definitions. Um, okay. To me, it basically means upgrading the body, the mind, and life. And from a health perspective, it's it's objectively reversing that biological age, increasing your lifespan. Mm-hmm. Wow. So objectively, meaning can you test for this? Yes, of course. Really? There's many tests. Uh, I mean, we can do all kinds of blood tests, the regular tests people think sure, of. Yeah. But 
as you probably know, there's plenty of telomere lengthening tests. Those were the first tests to see if you actually can lengthen those telomeres versus shorten them because shortening means aging. So if you can reverse it and lengthen them, your biology is actually reversing. But there's gut biome tests, epigenetic tests, and all kinds of tests that we can use as a baseline, right. then implement those strategies, and then at certain intervals monitor and see how effective these strategies have been. Mm -hmm. For overall health. But I mean, as the telomeres was the only one I was aware of to actually say, yes. are we increasing our biological or decreasing yeah. our biological age, essentially? So that's great. So and then so tell us a little bit about how that applies to like regenerative medicine as a whole and kind of some of the I've, I've got a few specific things I want to ask you about, but just some of the some of the big hot topics that are out there in the world of regenerative medicine. Well, how regenerative medicine comes in is obviously in biohacking, there's actually three, uh, three, uh, three levels of biohacking. The first is biomodulation. What that means is basically you do something, uh, an activity or something that positive, positively affects your biology, physiology. For example, juicing or taking a high-quality supplement or taking a sauna or going for a walk barefoot and grounding. So it's a small thing that has a positive effect on your biology, physiology. So that's bio, uh, it's a modification, right? Then the next one is bioenhancement. So that's something more externally that has a more long-term effect. Okay. Uh, two good examples are your, as we age, our hormones, uh, the quantity and quality of our hormones obviously decline, hence menopause, andropause, right? Mm -hmm. But also as we age, the quantity and quality of our stem cells drastically declines. Mm -hmm. So that's genetically programmed. So if we uh, engage in uh, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, or if we engage in stem cell-based therapies and get stem cell injections or IVs, exosomes, and you name it, what we're doing there essentially is going beyond our genetic programming. And that's through biohacking. Mm -hmm. okay. And then the last one is the one that I won't support. <laughs> it's yeah. biotransformation. Um, okay. Actually, it's happening. It's to a certain level. I won't support it. But it's merging our biology with technology and AI. And of course, you know, if we're thinking about a pacemaker or cochlear implants yeah. or computer chips in the brains of, uh, you know, Parkinson's patients or bionic limbs, those are great things. But obviously, mm -hmm. um, there's a scary component to the effect that if we go too far in that, we all be, will be controlled, uh, you know, from a higher, not higher power. Sure. I wish it was a higher power from evil. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, uh, and so we got to be careful with that component, I think that's I my person. Certainly agree with you there. Absolutely. So, um, okay. So you alluded to stem cells. So tell us kind of some of the ways that's being used in the biohacking world today. Yeah. Stem cells is, is uh, not too much talked about in the biohacking world. It's also not a cheap modality. It's not so much something that every, anybody can afford, right. but if, if, if money wouldn't be a limitation, it would be smart to get, for example, a monthly IV of a high dose of, uh, you know, mesenchymal stem cells or exosomes because these, um, you know, these cells repair and regenerate any damaged tissue in the body, not just repair it, but re-engineer it. For example, in 2017, I was competing in the uh, Master National Swimming Championships in Minneapolis, and uh, I won all my events up until the second day at a butterfly. I pushed myself out of the water in the middle versus going under the lanes to the side, and I hurt something in my shoulders, but I didn't worry about it. The next morning, 
couldn't lift my arm above my shoulder, so mm-hmm. I couldn't compete today. So I had two full thickness rotator cuff tears in my left and right shoulder. Mm-hmm. Normally that's surgery, but I did stem cell injections. And we have before and after imaging. So after three months, not only were those rotator cuffs completely repaired, but they were much stronger, much more resilient and newer mm-hmm. than before I injured them. So it's not just repairing, it's actually re-engineering and renewing. So you are reversing the age of those tendon structures, muscles, organs, whatever it may be. So yes, if if money is not a limitation, it would be a very good component to continuously put something in your body that repairs and renews, right? Sure, yeah, absolutely. And so um, where do concepts like hormesis come into this? The idea that if you end up pushing something too far, then maybe you'll end up making it making things a little bit worse, but the smaller doses are beneficial. Is Does that apply to things like bioidentical hormones, in your opinion, and stem cells and stuff like that? Like, is there a yeah, Of course. And with many of those things, we know what um, normal ranges are, optimal ranges are, and too much, right? You know, think about steroids in the in the sports industry or in bodybuilding. You know, so yes, testosterone levels. So I optimize my uh, my T levels, but I optimize them. In other words, what is optimal for my age? And if it's lower, I go exactly there. Now, mm-hmm. if I want to build muscle and be big and do steroids, yes, I'm going to be much bigger and much stronger. But now. I'm texting my body, I'm texting my liver, and I'm going to get in health problems. So um, it's about optimizing, not about, you know, having this short-term result and then pay for the rest of your life because you overdid something, right? And that's right. what you're alluding to. So um, in many in many areas, I don't feel the body uh, does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it's something natural like B12 or vitamin C or hydrogen, uh, there's really no limitations, even though the United States or the FDA would say that you only can maximum have so much vitamin C, but in other countries, they go a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand percent above that and even use sure. those high doses to treat cancer mm-hmm. because it's effective. So right. you got to be very careful between, you know, different shape between real signs and propaganda and, you know, mm-hmm. the beneficiaries. Uh, of of uh, something not allowing that actually works, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have many clients, they go to the doctor and the doctor tells them, your B12 is too high. You don't have to take the supplement. Again, we got to be careful also thinking like, who made those ranges? Man did, right? Mm-hmm. And many of those ranges that we get from our blood work, they were established uh, during World War II to ranch on our soldiers. And so it was about ranching. So if you fall in that range, it's not normal. It means barely alive. It's a minimum. So when we're talking about the good things, I'm not talking about triglycerides, for example, but we're talking about the good things like a vitamin B12. If it's way up there, that's good. That's optimal. It's not too much. You don't have to stop taking it or whatever it is. So we have to kind of play with those ranges and use our common sense, obviously. Uh, But yeah, there are certain things that could be detrimental, especially if we are taking, you know, non-biological things in high doses, uh, right. Then it's just like overdosing on aspirin or Tylenol or oxycodone or anything else that could be bad for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been reading some of the books on, on longevity that are making the point that growth hormone and longevity are almost opposed to one another. Like the idea that as you end up increasing and bulking up, you're making yourself younger in the moment, but at what cost essentially? So as you say, optimize, find the right balance for yes, where you are. It's a great point you make, Lauren, because, you know, I, I saw my world record a few years ago and people always ask, you know, that's great. You're healthy. No, no. 
uh, movement is healthy. You know, circulation is healthy right. uh, because we're not designed to sit down. We are we are a circulatory system. We have a uh, a plumbing system essentially, circulatory system, lymphatic system, part of the immune system. So we're designed to move. Mm-hmm. But sports are training at top level. Mm-hmm. It's catabolic. It's breaking down your body. Yep. So you know, uh, training at high level, exercise at high level has mm-hmm. nothing to do with health. It will shorten your life because you are what abusing your machinery and your cells, mm-hmm. and you're using it sure. at a much higher extensive rate than your average person. So when it comes to health, those extreme sports or top level sports or athletes. It's not healthy. You know, it's for a few years. You sure. know, it's not going to do much. But if you continue right. to compete at high level, um, yeah, that's not a healthy thing. Yeah. Then back to the concept of hormesis, you know, sitting on your butt all the time isn't healthy. But also if you're running ultra marathons <laughs> for many years, that's not healthy not either. Healthy either. They're the sweet exactly spot. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, um, Tom, you, you mentioned briefly the idea of hydrogen. So I'm very curious about the, the phenomenon of hydrogen water. What is it? How does it work? Does it work? What What is your opinion on this? Yeah, it works. I actually started uh, book number nine on hydrogen because people ask me just to speak on hydrogen these days. But uh, again, it's the uh, <laughs> it's the uh, uh, the smallest molecule and the lightest element in the universe, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's different aspects to it. Um, let me point out the the, the more general or, or uh, the ones that are more applicable because it has so many applications. For the listeners, they always can go to a, a website called hydrogenstudies.com and there's a search bar. So you can put in uh, Crohn's disease or you can put in Parkinson's or you can put in uh, sports and see what uh, research shows up in relation to that topic. So that's something you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hydrogen, again, um, it's it's an antioxidant, but uh, unlike vitamin C, D, selenium, zinc, luthiotone, it's not charged. Mm-hmm. So vitamin C and cetera, they're charged. So yes, they're useful, but they can't enter the cell. Hydrogen can enter the cell and so protect our RNA, DNA, mitochondria, and proteins. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, think about, I just mentioned Parkinson's, Alzheimer, MS. Let's say we drink it or inhale it and it starts immediately protecting these cells. It's almost like we will stop the progression of this disease right there and then. So that's something to think about. It's a powerful antioxidant, but it's the only one that can enter the cell. Mm-hmm. Um, number on. two. So, yeah, just a ahead. second. Does that mean that it can cross the blood-brain barrier as well? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, very cool. It's the, smallest, it's the smallest element on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, all right. As awesome. you know, a lot of things can cross the blood-brain barrier, right? Yep. And even in the hospital, you know, they always have to at those dilators to get something in in that brain and many times it doesn't work so they have to do a craniotomy so again it's it's hard to pass that blood brain barrier but hydrogen is no problem it's the smallest element uh, that there is so mm-hmm. it can enter the cell so that's something important to understand the other one is since we're talking about antioxidants and free radicals most people know free radicals they're they're useful because they're scavengers especially when there's a virus or a bacteria but of course in excess we know that they cause damage on a cellular and even a DNA level. So we want to neutralize those free radicals. People know antioxidants will give an electron to the unstable free radical to neutralize it. But unfortunately, then that antioxidant becomes totally useless, right? But what if we had an electron reservoir? Mm-hmm. And that's the battery of our cells. The battery of our cells is NADPH, right? Mm-hmm. We all know about the mitochondria and the energy factory, but we never talk about the battery of our cells. It's mm-hmm. NADPH. 
So imagine that we have this electron reservoir and the vitamin C that we took neutralizes the free radical, becomes useless. But now we donate that same vitamin C molecule, another electron, and another one, and another one, and another one. Can you see how that exponentially is going to be much more effective in neutralizing free radicals? And so that's NADPH. And guess what helps us, you know, uh, getting that NADPH in our bodies? Hydrogen. Hydrogen produces that NADPH. So very important from that aspect. We also have something called the um, DNA repair system. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a system that's innate to us that repairs our DNA. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, that's great. So why doesn't it work in 95% of the people? Because that system needs fuel to work. And the fuel of our DNA repair system, which is the ARTD1 repair system, a system of 17 enzymes, Uh, is NAD+. And in the biohacking world, we have been talking about NAD+. Mm -hmm. And that's why NAD+, is important because, yes, we have all this damage from the toxins from our EMF and our electromagnetic frequencies and the bad foods and everything that surrounds us. Mm -hmm. So we have all this DNA damage. Our body normally can fix it, but it needs that fuel, NAD+. That's why NAD+, is important for DNA repair. We also know it plays a, a, a great role in genetics and epigenetics and mitochondrial function. So mm-hmm. NAD+, and in both instances, hydrogen will help uh, the supply of both of those um, you know, mm-hmm. components. Mm-hmm. Um, another important thing, I think, is, and maybe it's the last one because it's so common, um, is... Um, Anything with the gut, right? We're talking about celiac disease, Crohn's disease, irritable bowel syndrome, food intolerances, acid reflux, heartburn, indigestion, you name it. And when you go to the doctor, they usually put you on some kind of a diet that doesn't work anyways. And the reason that doesn't work are are probiotic supplements. The reason it doesn't work because our gut environment is not suitable for the good bacteria, the anaerobic bacteria to exponentially multiply because it needs to have an electrical potential of minus 300 millivolts or higher. Mm -hmm. And so hydrogen will restore that in two weeks Mm -hmm. up to back to minus 300, minus 400. Then the probiotics and the diet will be able to, you know, of the good bacteria will be able to colonize. So Mm -hmm. again, I have helped many people with any of their gut problems just by putting them on hydrogen to reestablish that environment. And we can go on and on and on, but again, even in sports or in performance, it delays muscle fatigue, again, because it gets inside of the cells. It's it's related to lactic acid. Mm -hmm. And so you can go on and on and on, but hydrogen has multiple benefits Mm -hmm. and no side effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, back to the NADPH and NADP um, plus, um, or is it a good idea to take that with hydrogen or is it necessary to even do that? Because if you take vitamin B3, theoretically, you should be able to turn that into the NADH, right? Yes, if you, ha- yeah, if niacin, if you do that. Niacin with- is the number one precursor for hydrogen, correct. Oh, oh okay. So you, so is it necessary to take them together or not necessarily? Again, it depends, right? It, it depends on so many factors on do right. you have enough supply? Niacin will be right. great to take because it's a precursor to hydrogen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, does it hurt to drink hydrogen or inhale hydrogen? Mm-hmm. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. Awesome. I drink hydrogen on a daily basis and I inhale hydrogen too. Right. So- because the, the concentration of molecular hydrogen inhalation mm-hmm. it is exponentially much, much, much greater. You would have to drink many, many, many gallons of hydrogen water in order to get the same 
uh, inhaling just for an hour. Okay. Interesting. So, and this might be on the website you mentioned, I'm going to have to check that out, the hydrogenstudies.com. But when you're, when you're using that, is there a way that you can actually measure it on labs to say that there's been a clear difference? Like if you look at oxidative stress, for example, some way to measure that glutathione levels, like what would you use to say before? Yes. Yes. Oxidative stress, even inflammation, your CRP, uh, protein, those types of things. Because it will affect every system in your body and it's able to get into every cell in your body, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it, it will have a positive effect on almost all labs. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And also optimizing mitochondrial function. I know the NADH is what is donating the electrons to the mitochondria, but if your mitochondria themselves are toxic, for example, and they're not yeah. doing what they need to, is hydrogen potentially beneficial for that? Yes. It is. Yes. Awesome. The cell protects it, optimizes it. Yes. Oh, very cool. Awesome. So um, tell us a little bit about the concept of autophagy and mitophagy and how that plays in to the world of biohacking. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's aging, right? Our, our sense that our, our cells die off. And so when they're not uh, expelled from the body, when they're not absorbed by the body and expelled by the body, they're in the way, they're obstructive and they obstruct the flow. So there's many compounds and many therapies that help us get rid of these senescent cells is what they call too, these cells that don't function anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, your body normally gets rid of those, uh, but many of us are congested. Our body's not in balance and it's not happening. So mm-hmm. we can kind of stimulate those processes or, you know, which most people don't think about, we can have those cells and get their vibration level back up. And that's where frequencies and vibration come in. So I do a lot of therapies with my patients where we use certain frequencies or multi-wave oscillators that actually bring that potential of those cells, including cancer cells, back to normal. So we can kind of revive them if we use the right therapies also. Okay. So that sounds like, is this, is this the Rife machine or at all related to it? Or what what kind of frequencies are you talking about? Yes. Uh, well, a multi-wave oscillator would have anywhere from zero to 20,000 hertz. So it's not specific. And so you would have an amplifier and a receiver and you sit in it. Mm-hmm. And so all those frequencies go to your body and they will get the cells that are lower than minus 70 millivolts, which is normal, like your cancer cells, 30, 40 millivolts. They will get, they will basically say, get out of here or get back to work and get normal. Uh, your right frequencies, um, you know, they're great. But I I would have to tell you that a lot of these uh, products out there or technologies out there, the concept is great. It's using those frequencies that were studied. Rife was a, a, a student of Tesla, obviously, and we kind of know the frequency of any object and every cell. And so now... We have these tens of thousands, if even millions of frequencies correlated to each disease. And so we kind of pick and choose our frequency on what we want to treat. And that's theoretically great. The problem comes with those manufacturers when we put that frequency on. How are we going to get that into our body? What's the conductive system? And so I know from talking to some of those manufacturers and scientists, and I'm not a scientist, I'll try to dumb things down for myself and for the listeners uh, and for people that I talk to. So many times I have to talk to scientists that know so much about it and I have to dumb it down. But a lot of those, a lot of those may not work, even though the concept and the theory is there. So then we have to start measuring, right? We have to get uh, an oscillator and actually measure if it's working. So many times, 
you know, instead of going by science and research and papers from the company itself, just like with grounding technologies, right? When we're talking about a grounding bed cover or mm-hmm. we're talking about gadgets on your phone, do they work? Do they not work? Well, I have an EMF meter and yeah. I don't care about the science or the brochure. I measure the voltage or micro voltage on my body, the radiation. I put myself in contact with the gadget. If it doesn't drop to zero, I would have wasted my uh, my money, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. even though... This industry is big and every you know, every time I go to an expo, there's new stuff. We still got to be very careful because some of the stuff is great and works. And some of the stuff, there's a great idea behind it, but it may not practically doing what it's supposed to do. But I think that's in every industry and sure. with every piece of technology, right? Right, so. right. Yeah. So the idea behind like you're trying to, I guess, increase the harmony of the cells to get them to vibrate at the appropriate frequency or whatnot is what it sounds like you're you're describing. Yes. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You kind of alluded, I'm not sure if you were you were making the con- connection or if I was, uh, between that and EMF. So if somebody's in and in trying like exposed to those sorts of frequencies, is there a, an EMF concern? With that, like, could they potentially end up disrupting something or could you use that to correct yeah. EMF? No, there's there's good frequencies. Uh, Mother Earth has a frequency. Uh, you know, uh, nature has frequencies. Our cells have frequencies. They mm-hmm. are in sync with our body, Mother Nature's frequencies, Earth frequencies. But all our man-made frequencies are harmful, right? Like mm-hmm. our cell phone frequencies, fluorescent lights, the right. uh, Wi-Fi routers, uh you know, Bluetooth appliances, smart appliances. So those frequencies are not in sync with our body. So they end up doing harm, right? And uh, it was understood or believed supposedly for many years that the non-ionizing radiation, uh, ionizing radiation is from X-rays, gamma rays. We know they do harm, but we only have it once a year or twice a year. So supposedly that's not going to do much bad. But we were always told to believe that the non-ionizing radiation, TV antennas, radios, microwaves, now cell phones, routers, it's not big enough to cause damage. But that has been debunked. It's just not on Google (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you can go to emf-portal.org forward slash en if it's Mm -hmm. in English. And you Mm -hmm. will have 30,000 studies where scientists agree that non-ionizing radiation is a true health hazard, also causing cellular and DNA damage, but not directly, indirectly. Mm -hmm. By opening the calcium voltage gate channels, which regulate the influx of calcium in the cell. Mm -hmm. So this this device right here will kind of open those up, increasing the influx of calcium in the cell, which then stimulates superoxide, which binds with nitric oxide, to mm-hmm. form peroxynitrite and peroxynitrite breaks down in carbonyl free radicals, mm-hmm. which are bad free radicals because they have a much longer half-life. Sure. The problem here is, is that we're exposed to this 24-7 yep. versus the x-ray maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. And so even though it's invisible and we can smell it and taste it and touch this radiation, mm-hmm. it's causing a great deal of harm to the body. Yeah. So to answer your question, we have man-made frequencies that don't harmonize with the body, that cause health hazards and damage on a DNA level. And then we have, you know, uh, frequencies that align uh, with with our body are absorbed by our body and could kind of counteract the bad frequencies at the same time. But when it comes to, um, this was one of my best-selling books last year on Amazon. So 
Uh, it's a whole book about the EMR because I give hundreds and hundreds of tips on what people can do inside the house, outside the house, and do themselves mm-hmm. to mitigate the exposure because we can't get rid of all of it unless you move to a pristine area and live by yourself in the woods. Right. Uh, but there's many things we can do to drastically mm-hmm. uh, mitigate a lot of that exposure, and it's going to be very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again, whatever's left that causes DNA repair, make sure your NAD plus and NAPH is high so it yep. can at least repair the damage that is done. Absolutely. Okay, that's fantastic. I'll definitely link in the show notes to that book. Uh, EMR, The Invisible Treat, that's what it was called, right? Invisible Threat, yeah. Invisible Threat, got it. Uh, yep, so that's fantastic. Um, and then uh, what have I not asked you that you want to make sure you leave with our audience? Well, I don't, I don't really know what your audience is, but um, <laughs> usually with my mentees, when we talk about health of biohacking, I yeah. kind of uh, put them in three categories, right? Number one is we need to regain control of our health. And unfortunately, most people fall there. They're overweight, they're in pain, or they are diagnosed with some disease. First thing we need to do, we got to get rid of that, you right. know, and it's easier um, than most people think, even though the conventional doctor is unsuccessful, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to get back to normal. The second step is once we're back to quote unquote normal, we need to optimize our health, right? We mm-hmm. need to be in control of our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual being. We need to be fit, strong, and vital and energetic. Now we're at optimal health. And then the third step is biohacking because optimal health is the ideal foundation to maximize the benefits of biohacking. So mm-hmm. if you're not in good shape, you're not in good health, and we're starting those biohacking strategies, the body's not going to respond because right. it's still putting out fires, right? Yes. So we got to go through those three steps. But usually I talk about seven foundations that don't, because we talked about some technologies, expensive stem cells, and we can talk about hyperbaric chambers, and we can talk about expensive hydrogen inhalation machines, or we can talk about whole body photobiomodulation machines, and that's all fancy if you have the money and if you're a, a, an expert biohacking. But the best biohacks are for free. Amen. Breathing, yeah. oxygen, water, lights, movement, rest, uh, yeah. mindset, and all those things we can learn online. So, yeah. you know, uh, and that's what I teach people first is you need to have that foundation and then we're going to utilize those components to create power routines and make them habits in your daily life and that makes a significant uh, improvement and you may not need these technologies because if we use the things from mother nature they're always more powerful real sunlight is more powerful than any photobiomodulation that real oxygen fresh oxygen is always better than you know uh, a hyperbaric chamber or walking in the mountains well we are at 1.3 atmosphere it's better than yeah so you know we got to put the foundations in place which don't cost anything and create power routines before we get to talk about expensive technologies fabulous love it so where can people go to learn more about you uh, I'm not a big social media guy, no. <laughs> uh, but my website is the best. It's a biohackingunlimited.com. All my books are there. Uh-huh. Uh, my speaker page is there. Uh, I do a lot of speaking. Uh, you can schedule a 20 minute free call with me just to talk about yourself and see if I can help. My mentorship programs are there. Uh, uh-huh. Our retreats to Costa Rica are there. We have biohacking uh-huh. retreats. So everything you need to know uh, is at biohackingunlimited.com. Fantastic. I will link to that in the show notes. And thank you. This has been really very informative. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lauren. It's a, it's a team effort. Uh, our time putting it together, getting that message out there and hopefully help a few people. That's right. Absolutely. Thank you. Are you looking for a holistically minded healthcare practitioner who truly treats root cause rather than symptom suppression? 
Unfortunately, even in the alternative healing professions, this isn't a given. That's why I've created wholehealthdoctor.com, a resource to help connect patients to healthcare practitioners in their area who share a root cause philosophy. Alternatively, most of the practitioners listed also practice telehealth. So if there isn't anyone local to you, you can still find a great practitioner to help you regain optimal health. Go to wholehealthdoctor.com. That's whole healthdr.com, type in your location or adjust the specialty that you're looking for and find the practitioner who's right for you. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you. So please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter. At Dr. Lauren DeVille. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.